Hey guys, what have Hi. you got been up to? Hey. Another week, another twelve week, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> another two weeks, another bye week. Bye week. Yeah, it's it's better than what it was before, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so what have you guys been up to? Have you have you done anything fun? Um, the last I two guess weeks? we should do a quick round of self intros, just because like maybe people don't know places and, and maybe maybe they don't know who we are. So that's yeah. true. Uh, you want to kick it off? Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was, I was talking to <laughs> Oh, oh, sorry. I you were you were cutting off, so I, so I, did, oh. I thought you. Yeah. All right. That, yeah. So I, uh, I guess I, uh, I, uh, I run Svelte School, and I work for a company called BuddyBase, uh, building a, a no-code tool. Um, and I'm also very. Uh, very into uh, into the Svelte community, so I run a couple of things. Last week, I've I've been uh, working on the on the Svelte School tutorials page, which I'm about to launch tomorrow. I think maybe by the time this this is out, so that's fun. Nice, uh, that's exciting. First article what is, is going to be on actions. So, uh, yeah, you love of that. course. Cat's <laughs> favorite actions. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Uh, who's next? Uh, sure. You, you. Okay. Um, um, hi, I'm Sean. I uh, am normally living in New York, where I helped to start the Svelte Society meetup because uh, Rich is there. Um, <clears throat> and uh, but but now I've been I've been displaced because of the virus, and now I'm in Singapore, so I'm calling in from three p.m. my time. Um, and uh, and yeah, so I'm and and I'm between jobs. So for the past couple months, I've been a full-time author. Um, it's coming down to the wire for <clears throat> for my book. Uh, I'm launching it next week, and uh, yeah, just trying to tie in all the the, the, the marketing details together and like setting up the page. Uh, I, I think I'm going to be writing my page as well, like just the landing page and stuff. Nothing nothing amazing, but um, I I don't know. It's just uh, I I just I, I have a lot of sympathy for like the the spot way of doing things. And uh, it's just an interesting time to to be talking about things. Like I, this week, I wrote um, an article that kind of took off, like uh, talking about the third age of JavaScript and what we can do to make our tools better and faster. And thanks for all as a part of that. Cool. Okay. So um, my name is Anthony Jones. Uh, I'm a maintainer of Svelte. Uh, I'm also the co-founder of a software, adventure software company called Bionk. We provide <laughs> software for experience providers. Um, strange, strange name, I know, but uh, but there you go. It's like the word beyond with a K on the end. Um, I also started the London Svelte Meetup, uh, which weirdly enough occurred on the exact same first day as the Svelte NYC one. Uh, the goal well, being... You, you started it first, and then I was like, hey, we have rich in <laughs> We better yeah. know what. Well, <laughs> you I actually have rich. I think the stock the Stockholm one was also like the same day or a day after or a day before or something like that. Yeah, we. I mean, <laughs> it was a view to have it worldwide, right? But it's quite difficult to do everything at the same time because obviously, uh, wherever you know, if, if sure you're in Malaysia, then three p.m. is is eight a.m. our time. It's a terrible time for a meetup. It's a terrible time for eating peach and drinking beer. So yeah, uh, <laughs> and it's not always possible to do the worldwide thing. But we tried. Hey, the same day is good. Same day. Same day is pretty good. Pretty yeah. Good. Yeah, for sure. Cool, that's right. me. Yeah, right. Should we get into the topics? Yeah, uh, so we have, a, we have a bunch of like I think there's like twelve topics. Some of them are not that long. Some of them are a bit longer. Uh, the first one is Rich Harris's article on uh, in the in the modern web. Um, what do you think of these? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I I haven't. I I'm not sure I have read it actually. Um, I skimmed it, I think. Right. So uh, this is basically uh, a response to um, in some someone named Tom McWright. Um, he wrote this article on second guessing the modern web and basically just kind of criticizing the, the way that we build sites like with uh, with static site generators and frameworks first, and then dehydrating everything. Um, you know, we serve a render and then we dehydrate on the clients. Uh, and he was like, yeah, we don't need that. We can just write raw HTML and um, or you know, use a use a non JS static site generator. Um, just generate raw HTML, and that is guaranteed to render faster because uh, uh, there's no JavaScript that's ever run. 
Um, so it's it's the whole like I can do this without JavaScript. Why are you using JavaScript debate? Um, and I think Rich, you know, like appreciated that. Uh, he's also very bored, which is very good as well. Uh, <laughs> and, oh and, yeah, uh, I, re I remember actually reading this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. It's about and, the uh, like the animations and stuff, right? With the with like how it's 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 not possible to really make uh, native application style applications yet, right? As well, like if uh, there's a lot in here, like there's yeah. a lot of <laughs> uh, concerns, and um, honestly, like I feel like one side doesn't really have the same um, you know priorities as the other. Uh, we, we're just making different things. That's why I always I always tend to say like um, you know like. Obviously, using the using the right tool for the job. Like, if if all you if you if you're really sure that all you want is HTML, then uh, you don't have to use Spotlight at all. Course. Um, but I think uh, a lot of people also think about the the subsequent navigation. Like, people actually push back on, on his assumption that like, hey, raw HTML is actually faster because uh, you click around. Uh, people are like, I click around your site and it doesn't feel as fast to me as a Gatsby site where uh, it can uh, it can automatically preload or or only uh, re renders based on JSON blobs, right? So. Yeah. Um, those are the things like, it, and it's a very complicated discussion for me because like, a lot of times people visit one page and then they bounce, right? So you actually should be should be optimizing for a single load, whereas uh, JS frameworks with client side running, uh, you're actually optimizing for subsequent load. Um, and maybe people don't click around every single article on your site. <laughs> they, they literally <laughs> come to your site, they get their thing, and then they, they piece. Yeah. It's very likely that that's the case, yeah. And I think what I've noticed when you do a SAPR export, actually, is it does bundle everything into each page, so it makes the individual page size better. So I think it actually it, so it, make, it makes it bigger. I think it is optimized for a single view of a single page, uh, which is, I don't know, yeah, good, good or bad. Um, I think my personal thoughts on this are obviously like, I agree with Rich. Apart apart from linting his linting rules, I agree with Rich across the board with everything. Um, his, yeah. linting road, his linting rules and code, code style. I mean, we just I couldn't disagree more if I tried, right? But um, <laughs> but no, what it, what he's what he's saying is right, and it's I think another bit of this is it's sort of your cognitive overhead, right? If you're writing dynamic sites all day and you want to produce a static site. The ability to write that static site using the exact same tool in the exact same languages you use for your dynamic sites is you can't underestimate that the developer experience of that not having to switch between two modes is is invaluable yeah for sure yeah, yeah i did i mean for we the, for the sorry, yeah for the uh, for the svelte society day website i i actually did it in svelte and then just removed the the javascript bundle yeah, so that's, that's a way page, to do it. Yeah, but it's irritating to have to go in and like switch off the the bundle or turn it on, depending on like. Yeah, I mean, you, you could you could maybe automate that. I'm not sure, but oh yeah, I'm but sure. The, I think the thing is, you know, we have this notion, or I say we, the, the the community maybe has this notion that we should um, over optimize first, as if we're going to receive a million users, or if everyone's going to use like a you know a connection with no with no data at all. Now, granted, we should accommodate these type of users, but I don't think we need to over-optimize our sites up front. I think there's a there's a value in saying, well, I want to produce something, and it's either the difference in me producing it uh, the way I want to or not producing it because I've got to over-optimize and it's become a burden. You know, it's, it's better that the content's there, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Rich ends, Rich ends the article with, like, I'm talking about how I think this is a, an operating thing that's coming with, with frameworks. Like um, he mentions, uh, the future I want to see is one with tooling that's accessible to the greatest number of people, including designers. I think that just means he wants to write raw CSS, uh, and then uh, can intelligently move work between server and clients as appropriate. Um, and I think that's something that React is looking into as well. So basically, a, a, a tighter integration between server and client, and just saying that if it can be done on the server, let's only be on the server and not send the JavaScript. Uh, which means we need a way to mark, um, you know, what parts of the site needs to be in JS and what parts don't. Uh, the way that Next.js does it is they just have a separate lifecycle that says like this is a static page and everything here is static. Um, uh, they don't. They still send the JavaScript bundle, but I think you know there, there's 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 more. Uh, the way that this article rose to prominence was Dan Abramov saying like this is the future direction of React. So uh, that's pretty notable. Um, that, that people say that. Right. 
You want to drop a note about SSG here, Sean? Oh, um, I mean, like, well, so like the the intention of SSG is is that, um, yeah. So like, the, it, it should be like my 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 like the way that it's designed right now. It's just a simple overlay over Sapper. Um, so it doesn't really do anything more apart from like fix some of the the data fetching paradigms of Sapper. Um, but right, but what we really want is to send uh, raw HTML where needed. So it's so it's going to opt out of client side routing, uh, but it's going to opt in to that to that. Uh, use Svelte components for everything model, um, which which is the developer experience that we like. Um, and so uh, the, the the main the main vision is to send the main page as uh, raw it's just HTML with no with no JavaScript, and then um, have simple APIs to um, you know to make to make certain certain pages certain parts of the pages interactive. Um, I haven't like I have a rough idea of how I'm going to do it. Uh, I think it probably is going to involve some webpack. Uh, uh, mastery, which I don't have yet, but um, you know, I, I'm I'm sort of like that's in, that's in the back of my mind of, of something that should exist, and no one's doing it. So like, eventually, I, I might have to do it, um, but I am putting it off because I need to make money first. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, same, same thing. <laughs> so, yeah, I, so, I was gonna ask how how do you do, how do you think you're gonna have time for this? <laughs> I mean, um, you know, I, I, I'm you know, with any luck, I'm starting my job. Uh, at AWS next the following Monday, um, and um, and I, I will have more of a stable sort of life situation uh, and, and and be able to just hack on things without actually worrying about like you know is this a good use of time because you know yeah it makes sense yeah, all that. so yeah um, that's what I'm thinking about but like yeah SSG like uh, so so the the next item that we're actually going to talk about is is uh, the uh, Syntax FM, like the, the the stuff, the stuff from um, Scott Zolinski, who's been has been writing a tutorial on, on Syntax FM, and he's actually been mentioning the SSG project a couple of times because he built his he rebuilt his own site uh, with Svelte, which is great for us um, because now the Syntax Duo, which which is one of the sort of most popular front end framework podcasts, when one of the hosts is uh, all in on React and the other host is kind of like dangling his feet in Svelte now, which is very interesting. That's cool. Uh, but he he's mentioning SSG and I'm like, dude, like I'm not ready for users. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because sometimes a good idea can can produce a, a team of contributors who, who will uh, make your ideas well, real. So what I what I need what I really should do is just like write a design doc and go like, okay, someone build this, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think the work. the uh, Jake from Routify is also going to start working on a framework with uh, Rixo, I think. I'm not sure though. So, a lot of frameworks. That's good though. Is this is this um, Roxy? Roxy? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a framework called Roxy. That's so Rootify came along, and uh, that was Jake as well, and kind of started some ideas. But I think there's a view to making a very modular framework. You can pull in and out bits that you don't do or don't want. And I think they've called that Roxy. So there, it's all kind of conceptual right now. But that's what they're they're working on. And it would be uh, initially similar to, similar to Sapper, I guess, but then it would move into being similar to Svelte as well. And then they've got an idea to make it very modular, so you can actually make it to be completely different. But underneath, it's always using Svelte. It's awesome. Yeah. The more, the merrier, right? more, the merrier. Um, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Shall we move on to the next item? Let's do it. This is weird. I've uh, never done a conference yeah. talk for my kitchen camp. I, I'm, I'm trying <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're playing it. <laughs> did did, did, uh, did Rich just uh, join yeah, Rich, the, the podcast? <laughs> um, well, yeah. Anyway, so so yeah, I you know I I'm I'm still halfway through listening to to this podcast. So this is uh, Syntax.fm uh, show 250. Spot teaching West um, boss uh, Svelte and Sapper. Um, yeah, I, and uh, I listened yeah, I mean, to it. I, sorry, it's good. I listened to it. It's uh, it's good. Uh, yeah, it's cool. Um, yeah, you know, like. Uh, it's it's still a lot of like basic introductory stuff, but like the more like they have a wide audience, and most of them are not going to know about Svelte. So um, it's it's still really good information. Scott obviously explains things really well. So um, and, and which ties into the next point that I have as well, which is uh, he actually released a whole YouTube tutorial series on his channel, uh, Level Up Tutorials, and uh, he's integrating Svelte with Meteor, which is his favorite framework. Um, and uh, I mean it's it's great to watch. Like I I got my start with Meteor. Um, actually, like I 
the, the only way I, I became a full stack developer was I just copied a bunch of Meteor uh, tutorials, <laughs> uh, which like doesn't teach you anything, right? Meteor, Meteor does so much for you that you, yeah. you're just like, uh, I don't know, like, okay, I'll just do whatever Meteor says. Uh, and then the moment you run into problems, you get stuck. But um, I think if, if you actually stick with it for years, like, like Scott has, then it actually becomes a very productive tool. So um, I was very impressed with it, yeah, when I first used it, Meteor. Um, but the problem, I guess, for me was I, I genuinely thought it was dead. I thought I thought no one was using it anymore, um, apart from people who were kind of locked in. And I'm going to get in trouble for saying that, but I, I genuinely had not heard of it in years. Yeah. I mean, like uh, for a while. If you go on Hacker News and type like "Is Meteor Dead" uh, in the search, you feel like, I mean, <laughs> like "Ask HN Is Meteor Dead," and like people keep denying it. But like, how many times do you have to deny it? Until yeah. Like, well, it's a bit. It's a bit like the same question we get. You know, is Sapper dead? <laughs> The answer is no, obviously, but the fact that it's not, you know, shouting and shouting and shouting, it doesn't mean it's dead. It's just we're working on it slowly in the background. Yeah. Um, cool, cool, cool. Uh, yeah. So ne next item that we have is the. Uh, this is a small thing because I haven't, see I didn't see it, but uh, Microsoft Build, you know, their annual developers conference uh, obviously went fully online, and they built a whole demo app as well. Um, and I just kind of threw that in there. You say, I mean, you say this is a small thing, but actually, I guess it's, it's, it's a small, like a mini announcement. But it's quite a big thing. Um, if you look at the, if you look at the demo they produced, you know, they're, they're they're showcasing one of their new flagship products, and they've got four frameworks up there, and one of those frameworks is Svelte. I mean, that's quite a, I would say it's quite a big thing, especially you know, for, for Svelte, it's quite a big thing. But okay. I think even even more notable, and, and again, I only watched bits of it because I was I was busy, but. Yeah. Um, one of the really important things is the actual demo that they were doing during the conference, despite having four languages available, uh, was a Svelte demo. Um, so they actually wrote, they actually did the showcase and the launch in Svelte, which is actually, I mean, that's that's amazing, right? That was their choice of, of framework. So, so yeah, I, I would say it's it's quite a, it's quite a, I mean, it's you know, not to say it's not a small thing, but it's quite a, it's quite a big thing actually. I think in terms of uh, community and and sort of visibility yeah. of, of Svelte and stuff in the in the wide world. Yeah. I think I think people are like it's it's just like the right tool for doing demos like this because you don't have to like especially with React like you have to import a bunch of like um, CSS and JS libraries and stuff like that like it's just, there's just a lot of setup and uh, you know, it's probably get a lot out of the box and I think that's probably yeah, what, like as, as someone who does demos professionally like that's what appeals to me <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's, that's exactly it I mean it's it's also you know Svelte will, will be will be the fastest out of all the you know the frameworks available there. Um, just just on raw speed alone for a demo, especially because it's quite small and self-contained. That's going to be a, a bonus for that. So so yeah, it's cool. It's very cool. Yeah, awesome. Um, if if you if you can find a link for that screen, because all I have is is uh, Journey Siren's tweet. Uh, if you yeah, I can. Tweet, it's, it's I'll leave it in the notes for sure. All right, yeah, we'll we'll who's, who's got this Google thing with me? Yeah. So so I don't know if you've seen this. I don't know if many people have seen this. Uh, I don't think it's really released yet, but it looks like uh, Google is working on like a big query, uh, uh, like JavaScript benchmarking thing. So they they query like hundreds, thousands of sites, and they measure like the the you know the new uh, uh, Web Vitals thing. Have you heard about that? No, it's like a, it's yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, I haven't looked into it. I yeah, think you so, posted this in the Discord the other day, right? You posted a link to this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I think so. I think it's it's just a new way of measuring like how good your site is, basically. So so if you take a look at the new Lighthouse version, version six, it has things like render blocking time and stuff like this added to it. So I so I guess the this benchmark is, it kind of measures this over a large amount of sites, and it shows you like how many of the sites are are good, and how many needs improvement, and how many are bad. Pretty. Much. And I think also is this a tool that's actually written in Spelt as well? Yes. Yes. That's um, that's interesting. Wow. So yeah. wait, 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 Google and so, Microsoft are using Spelt. Yeah. That's so, right. So, so so this uh, this benchmark, I I downloaded it, and ran it, and uh, I don't know if it's the the real data yet, but it looked very 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 good for Svelte. Pretty much topped all of the all of the uh, right. the benchmarks. So that right. I, yeah, I just found cool. 
So it seems like this is a relatively new uh, thing. They just announced it on, uh, I'm on the Chromium blog. They announced it on May 5th, 2020, so like uh, less, than a, less than a month ago. And uh, yeah, the three, the three things that, the three new metrics are largest contentful page, first input delay, and cumulative layout shift, yeah. uh, which, you know, like relayouting and all that. Uh, these, are, these are good metrics. Can we just get them for free? That's, that's great. Re reflowing, yeah, reflowing your layout is actually quite an expensive operation, isn't it? That's something that that you know it will get heavily penalised by a tool like this. So that's it's good to see that's in there. Yeah, um, definitely boom for SSR. If you're uh, you know if you're rendering it statically first, it doesn't need to reflow the layout. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, point, so this is not... so this is this is actually written by Ilya Vigoric, um, who who wrote um, the high performance networking. Which like is super influential among first people, um, and he gave this talk, which I, I was, which I was really influenced by. Um, I think it was like Perf Matters or like Performance on Now, one of the European uh, talks. Um, and uh, and he was like saying, you know, we have all these like ways of like yelling at each other about uh, JavaScript bundle size and all that. Um, but you know, for for him, he was like, we in order to get to the next level, to, to the broader audience of people who don't care uh, <laughs> about like you know web dev first stuff, uh, we need to um, have different ways of, of communicating, um, you know what like accept, what ex acceptable web performance looks like. Um, and so I think I think this web vitals thing is, is basically the, the, the ultimate vision of that. That's a very good talk. Basically saying like there's a in, in terms of adoption, like, there's this curve. It's like a it's like a snake or like a pill. Right? And a lot of us are at the head because we, we, we spend our free time talking about this. And then we go to conferences and we listen to each other talk about this. And we're only talking to each other in language that we understand, but then there's the body and then there's the tail. Um, but it, uh, and to, to shift, shift concepts from the head to the body to the tail uh, always requires some sort of uh, perception shift and some sort of marketing shift, or whatever you call it. Um, and, and so for him, it was like, that's actually just like, you know, make, make some more clear metrics. And I think, I think this is the ultimate vision of that. Uh, it's a great talk. I, I, I don't know what that means yeah. in the comments. I guess we'll uh, link it in the, in the notes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Azure static sites. I guess we've already talked about that, kind of. That's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just another tweet, isn't it, by the guy who, the guy who kind of spearheaded that project. So uh, yeah. we, can, we can link that in the notes as well. It's an interesting mm -hmm. one. All right. Uh, should we go with keying stuff? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is my thing. Um, yeah. What is this? Uh, yeah. So the, the the reason I brought this up is because I don't. I'm not sure how to do this in spells. Um, so the the approximate cause of this tweet was this this, this thread was uh, Sebastian Markolo from the React team um, saying you need uh, you know I'll just I'll just read it out. He says, my first contribution to React was the heuristic for key warning. Uh, in my opinion, it has worked fairly well to avoid set of problems, but it's given the misinterpretation that you only lists need keys. You need keys on single items too. In a master detail, the detail should have a key. Um, so what we're talking about here is, for example, if you're, if you're writing Slack, right, um, and you're jumping between channels, and you have a half-complete uh, message in, in one channel, and then, you, and then you sort of switch the message. Um, if you if you use reconciliation, then it's uh, and you don't you don't like sort of throw away all state and then re-render everything from scratch. You might have some leftover state in some of the components that don't get swapped out. Like they, uh, they just have this perspective that some props have changed. Fine, but um, I, I still have local state in my component, and I should persist that right because that's that's all that's all I do. So. So this this whole idea the, the way that the way that React uses keys is that like if, if any keys change it's just it's just going to revalidate the entire part of that tree right um, and that's a that's a you know we uh, that's a, that's a philosophy of React which is the, the React is going to err on the side of re-rendering everything uh, and making sure you have consistent uh, you know data so a consistent sort of state with your with your with your data. Uh, and that's something that's felt like does the opposite of right. We 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 choose to persist everything as possible and not re-render anything unless we mark it with like the, the dollar uh in time. Um so I mean I think I think I guess the, the, the main the main doubt I had, which I raised with you guys and I I think you agree that we can this chat was basically like how do we 
how do we know when a crop has changed and how do we react to that change right um and and, and maybe have a maybe um maybe also react to differences in changes right like if, if a crop is updated from like old value to new value we need to take new value minus old value and then calculate something um and it turns out because i i haven't used felt before felt three it turns out that there was a mechanism for this in felt two right uh, maybe you guys want to talk about that yeah, uh, I, I, I have no idea about this spell two stuff. So yeah, uh, I mean, go ahead it's, it's, yeah, it's gone gone from my mind a bit. Spell two, the way the way that it works now, it seems very alien to me. Um, I, I don't remember how how it worked actually. I mean, I never knew the internals of spell two at that time. Anyway, I I barely know the internals of spell three, but I definitely didn't know the internals of spell two. I was very much a, a consumer well, of it. It's not an internal thing. It's just more like spell two exposed an API that says like it was like you know prop. I don't know, like before and after, and then yeah, you could, you could calculate yourself if you, if you wanted to. Oh, so yeah, so what there was, there was two because Svelte two worked as a, as a, an object you could export. Every component was an object that got exported, a default export, and it had a bunch of properties on it which relate now to the kind of hook style things that we have in Svelte three, and it had. Um, it was something like before update, after update. Yeah, they were they were named like that. But what it gave you, which which Svelte three doesn't, is it gave you uh, one as like an object with uh, a list of keys that are true if that property is changed in the component, um, and this is fire for every change. And then the second thing it gave you was the current, like the new state of the of the component, and the third thing it gave you was the previous state of the component. So you could always compare, and you could not only immediately see what had changed, but you could also see the old and new value, which is great for things like undo. Or persisting in old states, or doing doing all sorts of comparisons, and that's actually a lot harder to do in Svelte three. Um, I'm not sure why the decision was made, and why why um, you know the, the state hooks that are in um, Svelte three can't have those things passed into them as parameters. I think I even questioned this recently, um, but but yeah. So so actually there was a I wouldn't say better mechanism because a lot of things in Svelte two weren't better, but definitely a different uh, mechanism for for managing state that way. Um, that may have been may have made some tasks easier. Maybe maybe I've jumped uh, a little bit too far into like the the, the way I would solve it. Um, but like, how would, do, you, do you first of all do you, do you both understand the, the the problem that we're talking about, like refreshing components when you switch? Um, yeah, to an extent, I understand. Right. Um, I don't think there's a way to do that in Svelte. It's entirely possible that there isn't a way. Actually, it's entirely possible. That seems that seems like a pretty big detail. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I, so I, I have a lot of trust in Svelte's, um, uh, you know, the way it, the way it handles what should and what shouldn't be re-rendered on a page. Um, but but then I, again, I, I I'm no expert in in efficient rendering and non-efficient rendering. So this so is. This isn't about efficiency. This is more about just like, are we are we having? Are we, do we have a way to to model some sort of behavior that we want, right? And in this in this case, yeah, in this case, it's it's this it's this whole idea of like, how do we re-render entire trees? Right? So it doesn't. So I, I I think you can you can actually solve this with a, like a each like a yeah exactly. So but that that's kind of weird. Like it's, you stick exactly, exactly, stick, right? stick one. Yeah, it's hacky. It's you stick one item in an each, like yeah, make it a make it an iterable, <laughs> and then you go, <laughs> yeah, add a key like, to it, and, and hope yeah. that it works. Um. Okay. Uh, I think I think basically the the only way for to, for me to figure this out is actually to build it myself and, and yeah. satisfy my own curiosity. But I mean, I think it's an interesting problem that actually made me question: like, is this because like for me, this is really goes down to the fundamentals of like. What is the difference between React and Svelte? React re-renders everything by default, and Svelte does it. Uh, most of the time, this is a benefit, except for stuff like this. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah reasonable. Yes. I mean, I mean, there's always that mystery for new for new users, especially where you know if you change uh, an item that exists inside an array or inside an object. Oh, um, I, yeah, I trip that up. Yeah, yeah. I I still trip myself sometimes on it, and it, and it is a weird one, and I, and you know the, the reason's been explained a million times, and I still probably don't fully understand it, but um, certainly the way that reactivity works is probably beneficial again for rendering, but not for the sort of logically how your app would work. Yeah, 
Oh well, um, uh, well, you know, I guess I'll I'll beat again when I when I build that because it's not it's not that hard. I just wanted to make sure that you know we have a we have a. I think you know this is probably one one of the things for the recipe list. You know, um, yeah. If you need to re- reinvalidate a whole a whole set of trees, how do you do that uh, best? Yeah, I really don't want to recommend having a single each. <laughs> and, if, and if you get around to if you get around to doing this knocking this prototype up, then maybe that'll be a quite a nice follow up in the next podcast as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, All right. uh, let's stop this. So I think someone said something about a pub quiz. Uh, yeah, I mentioned in the channel that cause I was thinking, you know, people asking questions in Discord about, you know, uh, who, who said this the other day, what, where, who tweeted this, whatever. And I thought, well, I don't really know, actually, but it'd make a good pub quiz. So maybe there's scope for having at some point a sort of weird, like, uh, you know, uh, Jitsi or whatever based pub quiz where everyone can join in and we can ask ridiculous questions that only somebody who religiously followed uh, Rich on, on Twitter would, would get or something, you know. Um, that sounds like a lot yeah. of fun. <laughs> it, it could be fun. Who knows? It could be fun. <laughs> so, I, uh, fun fact, I, I, uh, you know, in React, we have some really good meetups and I won these pair of $200 headphones. Wow. Uh, based nice. on a pub quiz exactly like that. Um, one of the questions was literally, what did Danny Ramon tweet today? The room had no idea, and I was just like, I, I you know, and I, I, asked him, I happened to see it. So. That's bizarre. <laughs> I guess you religiously followed Dan, Dan Abramov, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a pretty good way to learn that. So, yeah, yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't a bad strategy. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, this uh, TypeScript support. How's that coming along? Yeah. It, sounds, it sounds like it's coming along quite nicely, right? Uh, don't give people hope. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I wrote this, this question, actually. But um, the reason I did it, actually, is because my wife has started using Svelte now. So she, she had a little idea for like a little project she wanted to build, and she started using Svelte for it. And the only reason she's considered Svelte is because it has TypeScript. So she literally is those people who can't use a framework without, without TypeScript, right? <laughs> but... Uh, the, the thing that was struck me quite interesting was that, you know, she actually got up and started with it quite easily. And yeah, the TypeScript support really does work. Um, and so having what, what did she use? What, what's, which of the attempts? Uh, you know, are we talking about the language server that's being developed? Uh, well, I, do you know what? I actually don't know. What, what she does is she she's writing uh, spell components with, with types actually in, in them, you know, and she's declaring interfaces and, and all that sort of cool stuff. Um, it, it, you know, to me, it looks like what I would imagine a spell component written in TypeScript is, and it's you know using lang equals ts. I'm assuming it uses the language server. She's using the VS Code plugin, so that uses the language server. Um, but it, but it's you know it's that this is what I say to case. What I'm seeing in the channel is people are saying that the support is actually really good now, and and for most people, it should be in a good enough state to use as their main thing and actually build full applications using TypeScript. I, I don't claim to know anything about TypeScript, but it's uh, it's certainly interesting. I think uh, so. It's probably a bit uh, hard to like. There aren't any guides. I think, for example, like a tutorial, like showing you exactly how to how to make the new like beta plugin work with the preprocessor. Yeah, and all this. Stuff. I think so, it's it's maybe too early for that, right? Because yeah. if it's literally in development and it's just just coming to to fruition now, um, so, it's going to take a little bit of a lag to the to the guides arrive. I mean, my question is, who's working on it? Uh, a guy called Alter, who I believe is from the oh. main TypeScript team, uh, he he kind of spearheads it, and then there's a bunch of other people who who want to use TypeScript um, who have been contributing to that uh, language tools repository on on GitHub. Yeah, um, my understanding, and I could be wrong, but uh, my understanding was Alter just kicked it off, and his his intention was never to get super involved. Um, sure, I, I know him. So <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, uh, and uh, and so like. I think I think it, it, the what I've been looking for, and uh, again, this is one of my you know someday I'm going to get to this project if, if no one gets it first. <laughs> is, is someone spearheading this this thing? And uh, there's there's been there's been various attempts, but uh, I hadn't seen sustained effort, uh, which is why I was uh, you know I, I I've been I've been more skeptical uh, about like about progress. I mean, obviously it's gonna it's gonna eventually happen. It's just like someone needs to to, to take charge of, um, you know, it's it's. Uh, 
it's something that I would I would love to pick up on just because I, I think I think basically every um, their tool is trending towards having a language server. Um, it's, it's, it's like it, we, it used to be the norm that when we, when we code, we just edit text files, right? And then, we, and then we'll run something. Um, right now, we, and, and now we're moving towards a, a phase where we have a running server as we code that gives us suggestions, that gives us lints and, and checking and prettifying and, and all that. Um, and, and so, so I, I think, I think this, is a, this is a very important uh, you know, development in, 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 uh, in all of their tooling. And, and I think Spot is really having having that grown. Um, I just I don't know if if like the, the progress has been as, as substantial as you say. Like I think I think what your wife is seeing is the pre-processing within the script tag, um, but maybe not the, the language that everyone's reading for. Yeah, I think I think there's been more progress actually. Um, from from what I understand, uh, I haven't okay. tried it out. Uh, but if you look at the like it, in the language tools Discord and you follow the the repo, it shows Wait, some pretty good. No, no, no the, the channel. channel. Yeah, oh, language right. tools. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but, I, I, but, sorry, Karen. Yeah, yeah. So, so the repo shows some activity, like, so it's not, it's not like nothing's happening. Um, okay. I, obviously, it's not fully baked yet, but. Yeah, I, I, was, I was just going to say, okay, it's always the most, the most recently active repository on the Svelte um, GitHub organization. From what I, what I can see, I, I don't really understand exactly what's going on there, but. It seems to me like there's definitely people rallying around it and, and working on it. So, but yes, I think Sean, you're right in that. Um, what my wife is actually using is just uh, TypeScript in the script block in a component. Yeah, preprocessing, um, which is also now a core part of Svelte. Right, we've taken on uh, the, the Svelte preprocess as an official project. So, all right. Hopefully, that helps tie things together a bit. We should. Um, we should have. Uh, so, I mean, I see some names: Half Nelson and Martin. Um, yeah, yeah. You should have one of these people uh, on and, and just like get them to walk walk us through because I, I mean if I want to contribute I don't know where to start and uh, probably it'd be, it'd be good to have them on as probably our first guest. Yeah, that would be very cool. I like that. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, which is a nice segue into the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I mean so what this is is around new contributors. So I'm seeing more and more people. Uh, come to the Discord and asking about how they can contribute to the project. Um, and granted, we don't have, um, we haven't put a huge amount of time into making this easy for newcomers, and it, and Svelte can be kind of a quite quite a big a big wall to climb. It's it's quite a, a steep learning curve to get involved in it. What we've tried to do is tag some sort of easier or or more understandable issues as new uh, new issues. Uh, sorry, good first issue, and um, the standard kind of GitHub thing. So you can filter the issues on GitHub by that label. Um, the contributing MD has been brought up to date, although it's quite a, a large uh, wall of text at the moment, so we hope to improve that over time. Um, and again, talking to the Discord and asking in the Eternals channel or whatever about how to uh, do the exact part of spell you want to do is, is going to be a, probably a, a good first step, and then we can give you more guidance. So it's something we're actively working on, but it's not something we've actually put a lot of time into right now. Um, Small isolated PRs, if you're going to add a feature, um, ideally there's a bug backing the feature you want to create or the PR you're trying to create um, or the issues you're trying to fix. And then again, like tests are really important so we don't get regressions. Um, ideally not, you know, trying to, to change too much in one PR, keeping it very isolated is probably the most important thing because, um, you know, the time, uh, the bigger the PR, the more time there is involved in actually vetting that PR and determining that what it's doing is, is not going to break things for users, or it's not going to um, have an unwanted side effects and things like that. So, so yeah, just uh, that basically. <laughs> um, sounds good. So, so it sounds good. Um, I think it's all, it's always very needed, and I'm I'm always like very frustrated with contributing to MDs that basically tell you to clone the project and install dependencies. Like, yeah, not, not very helpful. <laughs> so yeah. So actually, it's probably worth saying that um, both both separate startup projects, uh, if you check them out, they follow the kind of standard um, Svelte project uh, template whereby you can run npm run dev, and it's going to live reload your, your, your dependencies. So it'll actually build a copy of Svelte. You can npm link into your other project, um, and it will live reload that every time you change the Svelte core code base. The same with the SEPA uh, code base. If you're working on docs, so you're going to be editing the actual websites, 
those are contained within those projects in the site directory. And that's the same, exactly the same thing. It's got its own set of dependencies. You do npm run dev and you've got a live reloading version of the site that you can edit. So I think the idea is convention over configuration. It's running the same process you would use to create a Svelte app from the template. So, so yeah, it is very much like check it out and do this, but um, it's a work in progress to improve that. Yeah. I think for me as, you know, I'm, I'm not a maintainer. Um, I, I, I do, I do, like, you know, I do, I probably should do more in terms of like um, helping to solve those first issues because, you know, I haven't done that much. Um, but uh, one thing I, one thing I'm, I am looking for is like, some sort of roadmap. Uh, the one, you know, I think there, there can be a lot of perception. It, this is, and again, this is, this is a lot of my wheelhouse, like uh, perception, perception momentum, right? Like, uh, in much the same way that we have problems, so that we, like we have merging of stuff in, but we don't really have like major versions or uh, not, not, not major versions, uh, minor versions where we actually sort of group features up and, and say like, this is a new thing in Spot, everyone please know about it. Um, and then having some sort of progression and direction, like this is what we're building for the next six months and six to 12 months and, and, and having people rally around that. Like if it's if it's just bug fixes, fine. But like um, I think something that really inspires people is to to not only contribute but also use the, the project is an idea of the future direction. Uh, and yeah, I think that's something that that we're it's it's for sure uh, like a like a marketing thing as well, right? Totally. totally. Uh, to the point Brings where so, people. so I, I I've been involved in this interesting discussion of CSS four. You, you all know about it? No. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, so there is such a thing as CSS1 and CSS2, but there's actually no thing as CSS3. CSS3 is just a marketing term because the CSS working group split everything up into like 15 different very hard to follow working groups. And all of them have different stages and you're supposed to keep track of all of them. Uh, surprising, you know, not to anyone's surprise, they, they realized that this is very hard to follow. Sure. Um, so, so <laughs> So now they're like, okay, they're like, we like the working groups, but now let's like collectively get together and, and decide what is CSS for and have a marketing push for um, for for people to adopt like the latest features and, and it's it's stuff that you already know, like grid and stuff like that. But um, just to just to have like some sort of step change in like everybody should be upgrading to this now. Um, and so that's an interesting apparently this this happened for uh, other other things as well, like CSS five. Um, I'm not sure what this formal spec for that is but uh, apparently like you know versions matter is, is my conclusion like is that um, isn't that what the uh, google did with google chrome they just switched to like a two-week major version bump schedule or something like that or right. was it two months I mean, something like that they have like a thousand people on this and, and very, very oh yeah, yeah i mean that uh, we can't we can't yeah. do that of course but <laughs> yeah well i think i think the, the start versioning is is based on semver very strictly right it's based on uh, we're not bumping the, the major version unless it's a completely different language. Almost, we're not bumping the the minor version unless it's um, you know that's sort of a significant change. Uh, the patch version is the one that usually gets bumped. I guess that's um, it's it's it is what it is. I guess that's the only way you can say it. Um, there's not much consideration that's being put into uh, a marketing sort of uh, process for it. Um, but I think that maybe in the in the future that might be a nice thing to have because again I, I do agree that it is important to have uh, versions reflect uh, progress in a framework. Uh, with regard to roadmaps, actually, we do have roadmaps now. Um, I, I actually built them. They're in a GitHub projects uh, for each project. They're not by any means comprehensive um, because I built them when Rich was on hiatus, uh, yeah. and obviously I don't want to be the one who defines the roadmap for Svelte, right? Um, there are just things in there that I know uh, are in, in the pipeline or upcoming or have a significant focus. So those have been put in there. But generally, um, it is something we hope to build out very soon to actually have a more definitive roadmap of, of what's coming. Uh, it probably won't affect the versioning right now, but it's a, it's a step in the right direction. So, Where, where do we find this? I'm on this. I'm on the uh, yeah, so the roadmaps are, if you go to GitHub and Svelte or Sapper project, um, there's a tab in the GitHub called Project, I think, the Project Boards, and there should be one Ooh. in each called Roadmap. Okay. It has things like router and TypeScript and stuff in it right now. Ooh, and live reloading. And uh, not live reloading, uh, hot mod reloading. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be nice. So, what's that? Oh, uh, so, so Lee Howe from 
Yeah, you guys know me how. Um, he's, he's working on a... So I, I'm very excited by what Evan Yu is doing on uh, Vite. Apparently, it's, called, it's, it's pronounced Vite. I That's prefer, right, yeah. I prefer Vite, but I, I don't know. <laughs> so, anyway, so, so uh, it's very exciting. It, may, it, means, it makes for very fast reloads during dev. Um, yeah, and, uh, and it just makes sense. Anyway, so, uh, so we was working on the Svelte version of this, and uh, I, I think that's that would take care of hot module, hot module reloading, basically. Like, uh, you know, seems like it's just built into the browser if you just refresh the module. Yeah, which is which is really awesome. It's it's a weird weird one because obviously I think Rick so started off the HMR thing with Rollup, um, and that's now some of that support being merged into Svelte Core, which is great. Some hooks in there now. Um, but what's also happened at the same time is he started experimenting with Nollup, which is basically Rollup without um, the uh, the tree shaking, so it's a lot faster. I, I believe it's almost instant. Um, but at the same time as that, Snowpack was there, and so he built a Snowpack one as well. Uh, the Snowpack maintainers now perked up and taken an interest, so he's willing to do anything at all to try and f forward the Sapper and Svelte support for, for Snowpack. And then at the same time, there's Vite or Vite, whatever it's called. So there's actually now four different ways that you could potentially get live reloading work working to different levels. So it's going to be interesting to see which one we sort of latch onto. Um, Vite, of course, uh, uses Rollup under the hood, I think. Got it, got it. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, that's all I got for this contribute contributor thing. Have you got anything? I'm I'm good. I mean, you know, contributors. If you want to contribute, come and come to the start Discord and, and have a chat, and uh, we'll see what we can do. Yeah. All right. Uh, next one. Uh, official. Uh, do you do you have any information on on this? On the the router. No. Um, it, other, other than it's now definitely planned. Uh, router router. Who knows? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> It's definitely planned. Uh, it's definitely in the pipeline. Um, it's something that's being discussed, which is which is good. Um, but yeah, as for as for progress on it, yet yeah, no, so far we haven't we haven't done much on it now. Other than start some preliminary discussions around how it will work. It's so the view is it will be a, maybe a component based router. Um, and one of the things I really want to get in there is uh, root protection. So essentially. When you change root, checking against a sort of uh, a guard to say, is this user allowed to access this root? I think those are two, uh, probably the most requested features. So hopefully it will follow at least those two things. Um, yeah, yeah, it will come. It will come when it comes. It's, it's, there's definitely no definite schedules for it right now, but it will come. Yeah, the the authentication thing is something I, I've <clears throat> you know I, I've um, struggled with a little bit in, in the React world and. Uh, Basically, there's there's two ways of, of doing it. Like, what is if if someone tries to access a route that they don't have permissions to, either you could kick them off to a login page, or you can uh, and and actually that that's like I think that's what most people do. You, you like redirect them somehow. Yeah. Um, I think that actually the, the better experience and the better way to do it is just to render a login screen uh, right uh, right in that route, and then once once someone logs in, just like just stay at that route, or jump them back and forth. You uh, stay at that route, and then uh, and then just re-render with, with with what you're supposed to have uh, now that they're authenticated. Um, do, do you know Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I know. I know what you mean. And as, as you know, there's a third way you can actually do like a sort of uh, like a modal in the same route that will allow you to log in. Um, there's obviously various complexities with that because you're essentially rendering the same route with different content. Um, I don't think flick, flicking between routes in an application that's an SPA. Is particularly heavy because it is effectively all a single page anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. We should be, be flexible in that there should be uh, an option to have different ways of doing that that login screen. I I actually don't mind linking to a login page um, with a notion of where I came from. But yeah, I think also having it in the same in the same route without changing the, the URL uh, or, or pushing the history state is actually quite desirable because it does mean you can maintain going back and forth between routes in your application once you're logged in. So yeah, uh, it's definitely something interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just, I hope that gets designed in. Um, I mean, it's, it's an open source project, right? So so uh, we, we've got the router card in the in the, uh, in the the roadmap, so feel free to, to add a, an issue to that or a task to that to say, you know, how about if it did this? 
yeah it's uh, it's an open consortium i guess uh <laughs> i'll be watching it for sure <laughs> cool uh i guess the last item is is my thing uh did, did you have some uh, i don't know who put this in did you have something that you wanted to ask or did you just want a general update no i i just i put it in because i just thought maybe it's worth a mention it's it's interesting stuff so uh, yeah uh thanks uh yeah so you know i've been writing this book for two months uh it's 400 pages of deaf career advice <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I had that much of me, um, but uh, there, I think there, there's a lot to say that, that it, you know, it's, it's, really, it's really surprising that there's so much content about, uh, just look, look at, look at like, get career advice content. There's, there's how to learn to code and get, and get your first job. And then there's how to pass a technical interview. And that like, apparently is like 90% of like, you know, if you, if you look at just like the sheer amount of books and, 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 tutorial, and, and like blog content of, and like how important this is, um, actually, like the technical interview is like maybe half or like less than half of like what you interview for when you interview. Like the rest is like fit and like um, you know how do you market how do you market yourself? And then like then forget 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 the interview. Like once you got the job, like the, the other ninety nine percent of your your time in the job, um, there's not that much guidance. And then and then there's so there's like a big gap of like uh, do whatever. And then somehow you come out as a senior engineer. And then and then everyone assumes that you want to be an engineering manager. Um, so like the, 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 the scope for like, how do you be, like, become a good individual contributor and how do you, how do you excel at that? Um, I think is undercovered and I think that's what I'm, um, I'm sort of targeting. Basically I, I call it the early, early dev career or I guess I also call it the coding career. Like the part of your career where you actually meant to uh, code as, as the main part of your job and instead of like, you know, managing design docs, whatever. Um, yeah. Meetings and, and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's good because it's um yeah it's, it's a vital thing i think that people can enter i mean same as any industry i suppose but especially the dev industry where it's, it's quite a high bar uh in terms of like things you have to understand in order in order to sort of um you know progress your career i think it's nice to have a sort of guidance so yeah this is good yeah i've skimmed it a bit and uh looks nice i i have some some chapters that i want to take a take a more detailed look at and but I'm I'm curious though, like how do you find the like you mentioned on Twitter you you were doing like editorial you're sending it to editors and stuff? Yeah. How 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 are you finding that? Is it is it the first time you're doing something like this? Yeah, first time I'm doing something like this. Uh basically I, I have a mentor who like has written a book before. Um so I, I asked him what, what he does and then he was like, Yeah, I just use wordy.com. So uh, uh like wordy, like R W O R D Y. Uh, and they just have a bunch of, um, you know, professionally trained editors who will give you a quick turnaround on stuff that you send in. You can just send in a Google Doc or a Word Doc or a block of text, and they'll edit it for you. Um, and it pay it, it costs like something like seven cents a word. Um, and uh, and and so, you know, for him, it costs five hundred bucks to edit his whole book, which I thought was a reasonable saving, a reasonable expense, given that he made like seventy k on it. Um, but I think for me, it costs a lot more because I have so many pages. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I was like, oh, like this is great. It only costs 100 bucks, but no, it's, it's like per word. So, uh, you dug your own grave, that Sean. Exactly. It's, you know, <laughs> for, for trying to be comprehensive. Um, and, and so I calculated, I, I, I spent like, I spent some money on, on like, you know, doing some trials just to see also, like, I think. You know, not all editing is the same. Some editors you, you just work better with than others. Um, so you just have to try a few times to see to see who who you like and, and what style adds value to you. Because some some of them, like sure, they, they'll change the capitalization and they'll change your dashes to m dashes, but it's not really adding value. You know what I mean? Like, they're not making your, your writing any clearer. So um, I think you know, I, I engaged three three editors from there, and I think two of them were were good. And uh, I'm just trying to figure out what what works best. But I, I did. I did work out that like if I was going to do this whole book edited, uh, it probably cost something like eight to ten thousand dollars. Wow. Which is, which is, yeah, way too much. Um, so, uh, so I cannot edit all <laughs> professionally edit all of it. I I can just focus on the most important chapters in my book. I have to like you know among all my children, I have to pick the most my most favorite children. Um, <laughs> and then, because like you know I I have a sense of like what people are going to focus on uh, because the you know, people know my writing and stuff. Um, so I, I, I can at least make sure those are 
professionally edited, and then the rest can be a little bit more uh, of a mismatch. It doesn't matter. But uh, that's it. I, I have had volunteers from like people who follow my work to to actually uh, come in and edit. So right now I have a guy who uh, uh, Nat Sharp who, who's actually helping me. Um, um, it was on a free basis, but now I'm, I'm paying a little bit, but definitely not as much as, as one of those like, professionals, just because he wants to help out. Um, and uh, and then that's really it's really nice. Like uh, for example, I, um, you know, this is also my first like self-publishing book, so I don't know anything about typesetting for a book. Right, I don't know the tool set and any, anything like that. So, uh, I published. I think the version that you got, Kev, uh, is the is the one where I didn't know stuff and uh, it's it's really badly typeset. Then I had a professional book designer come in to my DMs and go like, "Yo, your your book looks terrible." Uh, and, <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Honestly, uh, it it does look a lot better now. So, I mean, I learned I learned a few things about how things are types are set within books and uh, basically. You need to learn latex for that. If you thought Svelte was, if you thought JavaScript was complicated, you should learn latex. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've seen latex a long time ago, and nope. <laughs> um, yes, uh, it, it's fun. Fact, they also do double pass rendering, which is like kind of like what you do in React or server side rendering. Anyway, um, yeah. So, so uh, it, it's a it's a whole education in and like how to self publish a book, and uh, you know, I think that's that's an interesting. You cannot really like you can't really figure out on your own because uh, there's just a lot of like bad advice on Google and uh, you just need some friends who like have seen this before and you can just lean on them and, and help you out. Sounds good. So what's the next step? When are when are you? What are you doing next? Are you oh, right. doing um, some vlogs? Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm vlogging every day because I think the the launch period is something that's very crucial uh, leading up to a launch, and I think um, other people, including myself. Would, would want like a, a nice guide of like what's worked and what, what hasn't worked. Um, obviously, I haven't done this successfully before, so uh, I'm just vlogging on my own and, and just like sort of recording my lessons as I go along for others to follow or, or you know make fun of. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been I've been vlogging since T minus fourteen, and then I'm counting down every day. So today is T minus seven, which means I have exactly one week to go. Um, I'm planning to launch a free chapter on, on T minus three, and then I'll soft launch on T minus one, uh, and the T minus O is, is, the, is, the, is the real launch. But uh, you know, I'll, I, I want to make sure that I have everything um, on the at least on the like the payment side and all that working, so that people you know I don't launch yeah. and then people can like buy the book. Cool. Uh, the expectation is that I'll, I'll hopefully have you know like a thousand people buying. Uh, I am giving a quarter of the the, the sales to FreeCodeCamp. Um, basically, helping take cool. the next generation of developers. I, I you know, I, I benefited a lot from people, and uh, and they need the money because uh, right now there's more people than ever trying to learn to code, uh, and and not that many people are trying to donate, <laughs> which is like a perfect yeah. storm. Yeah, yeah. I wow. mean, the, the, these, yeah, like the 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 Corona times probably came at a at a some, somewhat good time for writing a book, kind of. In a sense, well, I mean, the, like, the reason you're seeing so many people write a book is because, yeah, I mean, I, like, I'm out of a job, right? So I, I'm, I'm, right. I don't have, yeah. I don't have any other source of income, so uh, it's a little bit for myself. But then I, I, I just, I felt a lot better once I, once I worked out a deal with, um, with your co-founder that, like, hey, I, I can just, you know, help you out as well uh, with this, with this It's like it, it, it's a natural progression. Like once you learn to code, you should learn everything else. Um, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So, so, so I, I've been, you know, I think, I think the main thing about launching, I, I mean, the, so like, there's so much launch advice, so much. Like, and I, I have a launch cheat sheet about like, how do you, you know, prepare your launch tweet? Uh, what works on product hunt? What works on Hacker News? How do you, uh, what is what kind of landing page copy works? What kind of email titles and email sequences work? Um, I think that the main principles that, that go above that are. Basically, let everybody know when you're launching way ahead of time, and let them know how much work you're putting into it, so that they have confidence uh, in recommending your work sight unseen. Um, like, like they just trust that you've done, <laughs> you've done so much because like, right. you, yeah. you, you 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 put in the work. And I think I think that's the that's the main principle I'm 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 I'm, I'm following. Um, as far as I'm concerned, once if I do that and I screw up on everything else, I I, I it'll, it'll still be great. So. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope That's it good. works out for you. Yeah. yeah. All right. Should, should we? Uh, should we get into uh, to every 
the the thing that every podcast has uh, sick picks do you guys have any <laughs> Ooh. Hey, what what do we have we didn't we sick didn't picks. prepare this so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is true i have one though i can go i can go uh you, you guys can, uh, -huh. uh yeah uh, unless you have something yeah, I, I have this, uh, I found, I started using this new, uh, like, analytics site because I kind of don't like Google Analytics. Uh, so I want to give a shout out to a uh, company called Plausible. They do, like, cookie-free analytics. Obviously, it's not as, like, you don't get as much information as you do from Google Analytics, but it's nice. It's pretty cheap. Yeah, you don't use those as any information anyway, right? Yeah, that's want, true. <laughs> I can get statistics. That's all we care about. Um, yeah. Did you see that Project Wallace uh, also, also is, is using Swap? So, so there's a bunch of these like privacy-focused analytics companies. Um, I think it was is a it's only kicked off uh, was kicked off by Fathom Analytics, which is uh, which I know of. I, I don't know about your uh, cool. Um and uh, and. And so, and so, I, I don't know. I just, I just, I'm just commenting that like one of the competitor companies is using Scott, so maybe use that. <laughs> oh, maybe I should use that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, so, so, yeah, I do, I do have one actually. So, um, Browserify, which I'm sure not Browserify is that right? Browser Stack, which everyone obviously knows, because um, it's it's quite it's been around for a long time, but I've never really used it. Just heard about people saying it's good um, for testing in various browsers on various platforms. I applied for their open source account on behalf of the Svelte organization. Um, right. So they give you a certain quota and they, they granted it within like a couple of hours, um, which is awesome. So now we have like a proper browser testing stack, which may enable us to actually say definitively what browsers are and are supported, uh, how you can support uh, all the browsers like IE11 and stuff like that in a more definitive sense, rather than relying on someone's particular laptop and stuff. So. So yeah, shout out to browser uh, browser stack because uh, they did a really good job. Yeah, browser stack. It's yeah, it's an good. incredible product. I've never seen. I didn't know how good it could be. It's really really impressive. That's, that's, that's awesome. I, I should yeah, I should definitely try it out. It's, oh, do, it's do, even do, just, sorry. Do we, do we support IE eleven? Uh, so IE eleven is supported, but you have to pass it through Babel, and you need a polyfill for like fetch and things like that if you're using fetch. Um. So, so yeah, it is supported uh, as this old edge. Um, it's it's a small amount of either Buble or Babel config, but it, but it does work. Yeah, very good, very good. Cool. Um, and just just one more thing about browser stack. Actually, the thing yeah. that really impressed me was um, you could they give you uh, local host access. So you're in a browser using a VM on a real machine somewhere in who knows somewhere in America probably, um, and they give you a little script to download, and you run that script, and it will allow you to access local host on your on your on your virtual uh, and your on your browser instance, just like that, zero That's zero. Really cool. It's really, really impressive. Cool. So yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, I I don't know what to say about that. It's, <laughs> it's really like rocket science for me. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm more familiar with like mobile device farms. Um, you know, like it's got that too. Have virtual phones and then they test it. So yeah, it's got that too. It's got real devices. Sensitive stuff and, and uh, you know, compatibility issues on mobile. Cool. Um, that's that's important. Um, for me, um, I just I just you know uh, I, I shared uh, my podcast listening history. Um, I don't know if you you, uh, you guys are big podcasters. I I I'm basically permanently on podcast. Oh, um, I have these like uh, uh, basically AirPod clones. Where are they? Um, I don't know. Okay, I can't find them right now, but but basically, I my mom got me like thirty dollars AirPod clones, and they're great. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> I where, where can we get them? Invisible. <laughs> 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 I'll put I'll put in the. I, I think I have the um, uh, their Basius Enco W O ones. Um, so I'll, I'll put I'll put that in our chat. Um, cool. If yep. you want, if you right. want to, like, to check that out. Uh, but but also you know I've been I've been I just I, I just shared my listening history because my, my app shows me what I listen to the most. Uh, so the, the top pod, top podcast I listen to is Software Engineering Daily. Um, that uh, and, yeah, that's and a good one. That's, that's a good generalist thing. Um, and I've been on, which I consider a crowning achievement of my career. It's all downhill from here. 
Um, and then uh, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. So like Conan's new podcast, like he's, and I think all the comedians are, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I think, I think comedians are very well served by Western streaming podcasts because it's just, you know, they don't have to be, they don't have to perform for camera. They can just be funny on, on, on audio and that's great. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah. So I, I, I just have this list. Um, oh, oh, I and I highly recommend the Scrubs podcast. I don't know if you guys are uh, watch Scrubs at all back in the back in the day. Uh, I used to a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, so two actors, uh, Zach Raff and Donald Faison, they're they're actual real best friends, and now they're doing a rewatch. Um, so it's kind of inspired oh. by the podcast. They rewatch everything, and they'll tell you what going on behind the scenes. Um, and it's the two main actors, you know, and, and they're, they're really funny and they're, they're really talented. So uh, I've, I've been enjoying that a lot. Nice. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. That's, cool. that's it, I guess. That's, that's it. A wrap. For another episode. Uh, all right. And, uh, thanks for organizing this as always. Though. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks, Jeff. thanks to all the listeners as well for listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right.